0: You're listening to the Elevate Main podcast. To learn more about Elevate, visit our website at www.elevate.org.ph. We hope you enjoy today's talk. Okay, so it's good to be back, and to this is our actually our second week for the series. This uh, series is very important. Who among you here prays? Uh, a few. You know, when we pray, we constantly ask the Lord for something, and He doesn't answer or He gives us a no, sometimes our response really draws us farther away from God. And I hope that this series would teach us the correct response when God says no or when God says it's not for you. Last week, Marty taught us not to force things or to do things our way. Uh, What was his famous quote? it, nakuha, nasaktan. Di Oh. And for many of us, that's the case. We force ourselves towards God, and then once we get it, and then it actually causes more harm than good, and it causes so much pain in us that it also pushes away, us away from God. And I hope that in this series, we will be able to learn exactly how to respond when God says no, or when God says, son, daughter, that's not for you. Before we continue, why don't we open in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you so much because we know that you are a loving God. And because of your love, there are moments in our life that you tell us that's not for you. You tell us that that is not my direction for you, that is not what I want for you. And many times that is painful But help us, Lord God, to respond the right way. Help us, Father God, to humble ourselves knowing that you know better. Guide us, Father God, Lord, and I pray that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, Lord God, uh, in this message, that you would override my preparations and that you would speak in and through me, Father God, that the power of your words, Father God, would pierce the toughest of hearts and that you would change, Father God, because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I would have to apologize in advance. Uh, yesterday, I caught the flu, a cold, so every now and then, I might sneeze. Um, so God bless the people in front. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, seriously, God bless you. You can blame me if you get sick. Um, so who among you, what they call this, has ever been into a desert? Desert, Yeah. or at least land that you feel has no trees, etc. That's not Quezon City or Pasig, etc. But, you know, I was actually given the privilege, um, when was that? 2018, to go to Egypt and um, be able to visit the pyramids, uh, be able to see where Jesus uh, was raised up. Because what happened was, uh, when Pharaoh... uh, when, Herod, when Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill everybody. So God told them to flee to Egypt. So we went to their house. At least what they say was his house during that time. And Egypt basically was very beautiful. Just imagine, you could see the pyramids. I wish I, I placed the, the picture there. Um, you could see the pyramids. And most likely during Moses' time, the pyramids was already there. And as you can see, um, Moses was the prince of Egypt. He grew up there, but then because he had a fight, he tried to rescue one of his fellow Israelites. In the end, because of, in the way of his rescuing, he killed one Egyptian. And because of his fear, what happened was he ran away. And as he ran away, he was able to establish himself in a different land. He was able to find a wife, establish a family, and he was okay. And he was satisfied, and I thought, he thought that he would die there, a happy life. But then one day, as he was pastoring the flock, he saw the burning bush. And in the burning bush, God reveals to him, that's why we showed the video, because I don't want to be able to us to bore ourselves, to, uh, take 10 minutes of reading scripture just there. And at least that summarizes what happened. So he appears, the burning bush appears, it catches his attention, and God speaks to him. You know, in that time, God was saying, you know what, it's time that you move away from here. It's time that you go and do the purpose that I have intended for you. Because he was already satisfied where he was. He was already satisfied just living the life, pasturing sheep. But you know, I realized that following God, um, can you show the PowerPoint? Following God will require us to die to ourselves. Following God will require us to give up our own life and just really our hopes, our ambitions, no matter how good it is, and simply follow Him. Sometimes you're going to say, na selfish naman ng idea na But the truth is, when you center yourself in the desires and the plans that God has for you, The joy and the satisfaction is far beyond what you could ask or imagine. Romans chapter 12 says, his plans are what? Good, pleasing, and perfect. And that is God's desire for each one of us. But Moses had a different idea. He had like said, oh, I want to be able to stay here. And that's why he had a big conversation with God. And it turned him many, many conversations Basically, he said so many things, so many questions before God, and God continually countered each and every one of them. If there's anything you're going to remember from this talk this afternoon, I pray that this would be it. Turn your excuses to faith-filled obedience. Can you tell that to your seatmate? Turn your excuses to faith-filled obedience. One more time. Turn your excuses to faith-filled obedience obedience. And I pray that our excuses, when we terms of following God, will turn into what? Faith-filled obedience. And we're going to be looking at Moses' five different excuses. And we're going to find that in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4. And one by one, we're going to look at that because those excuses are actually excuses that I myself have found myself using it. And I'm sure. Maybe one day or another, you also made one or more of these excuses. Number one, excuse or excuse number one. I'm not adequate for the task. I'm not adequate for the task. Hindi ako yung taong puede sa task na to. Where do we find that? Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 says, But Moses said to God, Who am I? That I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses was saying, Who am I? Ako? Or in other words, Moses was saying, Sinoba ako. But if you look at his life, you could actually discover that he is the perfect candidate for the job. Why? Number one, he grew up in Egypt. Number two, he is an Israelite. Kadugunye mga ngayon. Number three, he actually grew up as an Egyptian. Yes, he had an Israelite, He was an Israelite by blood, but he grew up in the palace. The queen, the queen during that time actually adopted him as her own son. And the current pharaoh right now was like a brother to him. So if there was anybody that was qualified, that had relations with Israelites, that had connection with the current pharaoh... It was Moses. And Moses knew that. And he simply said and thought that maybe God would change his mind when I questioned him, Who am I? Sino ba But what was God's response? Exodus chapter 3, verse 12 says, And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountains, On this mountain. You see, when God called him and he was saying, you know what, sino ba ako? What was God's response? It was not, he did, God did not give him a list. Oh, you are qualified because of this. You are qualified because of that. No. God simply said his qualifications, not Moses. God's answer to Moses' questions was not, Pabida. Alam mo, parang pinalakin niya yung ulo ni Moses. Uy, iko magaling ka kayang leader. Uh, you're the best person to do this. You have a connection with the Pharaoh. You have Israelite by blood. God's answer was not any of those. God's answer was what? Who he was and what his promise to, the, to Moses will be. Which was, he will be with him. And then one day, after he has brought the Israelites out, they will again what worship on that mountain. The question is, how many times have you denied an opportunity to represent Jesus because that you thought that you were not adequate enough? How many times did you ride an Uber or a Grab and you felt that God was leading you to share the gospel to that driver? But you said, I'd rather scroll on my Facebook. I'd rather not look at him eye to eye. Because we made so much excuses of. Hindi naman ako kaya. You know, when I was in college, uh, in high school actually, we were watching this video about um, a guy who had so many excuses about him not being able to share the gospel. Many reasons. But at the end of the day, he realizes that all of them were simply excuses. They were reasons that he knew were simply answerable by just stepping out in faith. You see, the deliverance of the people didn't depend on the ability of Moses, but on the presence and sufficiency of God. It was never and will never be about Moses. And when God calls you, it will never be about you. It never be about your talent. It will never be about your skill. It will always be the very thing is that God called you. You see, when God calls somebody, He equips them. He qualifies them. He gives them the appearance and ability and everything they need to do that. So stop making excuses. Because Moses' first excuse was, I am not adequate enough. I don't have the right. What was his second excuse? His second excuse was this I don't know enough. Can you say that? I don't know enough. Where do we find this? Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 says Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Ano pangalan Then what shall I say then? Moses was giving a list of possible questions. And he was scared that maybe one day the Israelites will ask him a question that he could not answer. He was saying, I don't know enough. But the truth was, Moses was a very educated man. He, again, grew up in Egypt in the palace. As a prince, he had private tutors. And that was lasting. He left Egypt about 40 years old. At this time of God's calling to him, he was almost 80 years old, 40 years in the wilderness. And God was telling him what? What was God's response? Uh, Before that, it says Moses was afraid that the Israelites might ask him a question he could not answer. He was so scared. He was scared about the Egyptians, he was scared about the Israelites, and he was scared about their questions. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14 tells him this. God answers his question. God said to Moses, I am who I am, and this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God introduces himself to Moses, and God instructs Moses that if they do ask that question, you can simply tell them that I am has sent me to you. Again, God's answer was basically not building up Moses, but again, building up who God is. It says there, don't worry that you don't have all the answers because so many times it paralyzes us from starting to do something because we overthink things. We overthink that what if this happens or what if they ask me this question? What if this and that? When we say I'm not smart enough or I'm not capable enough, God says, I am. Let that sink in for a while. Don't worry that you don't have all the answers. When we say, I'm not smart enough or I'm not capable, God says I am. God says He is capable. God says He is enough. So when God asks you to do something, go and obey. Wait, JC, what does that mean? What to do if it's not for you? Because so many of us, my dear friends, are satisfied where we are. We're happy with our daily routines. We're happy with just simply waking up, going to school, going home, going out with friends, maybe elevate on the weekends, church with family. But God is actually calling you to do so much more. God is calling you to commit your life devoted to Him. God is calling you to spend time with Him in prayer and the meditation of His word. God is calling you to make disciples, to start a campus movement in your school. But you say, no, that's not for me. For many of us, we think that our life, where we are, how we're living it right now is what's for us. But maybe God is telling you right now that that's not the plan I have for you. My plan is to use you to make a difference in your family. My plan is for you to change your campus. My plan is for you to make a difference in your neighborhood. That instead of living in obscurity, God is calling you to make a difference for Him that would resound to eternity. And I pray that that would be our calling and that that I will be a response. That we wouldn't be scared of the questions. The Bible says, God will always supply the words. When Paul was facing the kings and the rulers of this time, God's promise to him was, I will be the one to speak in and through you. God will never, ever fail himself. So, stop making excuses. Excuse number three, people won't take me seriously. Kuya JC, hindi mo alam yung past Kuya JC, don't know my reputation in school. When I start to talk holy and all this Jesus stuff, they will just make fun of me. People won't take me seriously. Exodus chapter 4 verse 1 says, Moses answered, What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Are you dreaming? Why would God appear to you? What makes you so special? Why didn't God not appear to me? Why you? He was scared that people won't believe him. He was scared that people would make fun of him. But you know what the beautiful thing is? God, if he was actually listening and paying attention to God, he would have the answer to that already. Because a few verses before that says, the elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt. God was already promising that when he speaks, people will listen. God was already promising that when he speaks, they would actually support him, so much so that he's not going to be alone when he goes to the king, but he's going to have the different elders with him to come alongside of him. Exodus chapter 4, verse 2 says, Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out to your hand hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and then turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they might Believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God was telling him, they will take you seriously. (coughs) And if they don't, I'll have given you special powers. Excuse me. Special powers that will be able to tell them that you, that he actually come. From God, miracles that will proclaim that hey, I could be able to have turned this staff into a snake. And that was God's power. He was showing that again, it's not about you, it is about my ability to use you. <coughs> Excuse me, but you know, ever since after that. That staff, before that, it was called the staff of Moses. But ever since after that, it was called the staff of God. Because the very power and very presence of God runs through that. <coughs> and then there, it also showed two more, pa- two more miracles. First, the hand of leprosy. What God said was, put out your hand and put it in your cloak and put it out again and when he put it out it was covered as if as white as snow meaning he had leprosy (coughs) hello he was very very sick but then god said put it back in your cloak and put it out again and what would happen it would be healed it would be healed that's another miracle (coughs) and finally He said, if they still don't believe that, if they still don't see that you are from me, get some water from the Nile and then throw it to the ground. And what would happen? It would turn into blood. Good job. That's right. It would turn into blood. But God said, you know what? Even without those things, they will believe you. They would see that you are my representative and that you come from there. For so many times, we would just go to the Lord and say, Lord, if only you would show me a sign. If only you would help me to really confirm that it is from you. But you know what? I believe that God has spoken to you in one special way, even before this message. And God is asking you to do something. Maybe share the gospel to your helper. Maybe apologize to your brother who you've been fighting with for so long. Maybe be kind to your driver. Or maybe say, I love you to your parents. God is calling you to make a difference, not only in extravagant ways, but in simple ways in your family. Stop making excuses. Excuse number four, I'm not good with words. I'm not good with words. I can't come up on stage. I cannot deliver a message. I can't. I can't. And God was saying this. Oh, Moses first. Moses said to the Lord, "Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue." Many times this is what we say. Hindi naman ako magaling magsalita eh. Hindi naman ako si Kuya Marty. Whenever he speaks, people listen. Hindi naman ako parang yung president namin sa class. Hindi naman ako that, dot that, that. Or baka ano pa masabi ko? What if I say the wrong things? What if I say something that's actually not biblical? What if I say something that is actually blasphemy? What if I say something this or that? What was God's response? The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes the deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. What God wants for us is not our ability to speak. God, what God wants for us is not our ability to do a catch everybody's attention. What God wants from us is our obedience to follow Him and to be willing to obey and do something that we think we'll never ever do. What is excuse number five? I'm not willing. After four different excuses, we finally go down to excuse number five. To the very begin with, I think this was the very reason and this is the truth after all. He says, that Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Many times, this is what we say. If we were translated. translate it This would be it. Shana lang, Lord, wagako, please. Shana lang, Lord, wagako, please. When God calls you to do something for Him and you're scared, you start making excuses, but at the end of the day, the truth is you're simply not willing. Because you're scared, you think you're inadequate, you're not good at speaking. And you'll say, Lord, timming katabiko, ko, mukhang kaya niya, lang. Look at your seatmate. Diba? We sometimes think that okay, somebody else is better, but God is the one calling you. God is the one asking you to do it for Him. You see, the heart of the problem was a problem of the heart. The heart of the problem was that not... Not that Moses was scared. The problem was not that he was, um, what do you call this, not talented enough, or he was not qualified. The problem was he was not willing. The problem was he didn't see it as something important. And what was God's response? The Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on the way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if you he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. You see what happened here? God said, you know what? Okay, sige. Pagbibigyan kita. You know your brother Aaron? Come. I'll use him. But I still want you to go. I still want you to speak to him and through him. And he will be your mouth. And he will speak the very words that I will tell you. So what happens was, God would speak to Moses. And God and Moses would listen. And Moses would speak to Aaron, and Aaron will then speak to the people. So that was the flow. Again, God would speak to Moses, Moses would speak to Aaron, and Aaron would speak to the people. God was saying, you know what? In spite of your inadequacies, in spite of your unwillingness, I will still use you. I will provide opportunities for you to serve me. I will provide opportunities for you to deliver the very words that I have for the people, to accomplish great things. You see, in Moses, Exodus chapter 4, verse 18 says, Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go and I wish you well. You see, even yung sa na magpapaalam palang siya and said, "Pwede ba? Pwedeng punta, And sina, kumerem pangbuhay sa siya life, If someone is still alive, he knew and he knows that someone is still alive because God told him that his whole people is there. If actually you would look at it, there were over a million people in Egypt that were Israelites. Exodus 20 says, so Moses took his wife and sons put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God. Again, look at that word. It was never the staff of Moses anymore. It was the staff of God in his hand. You see, in spite of our fears and excuses, God calls us to follow him in faith. Let me say that again, in spite of our fears and excuses, God calls us to follow Him in faith. My question is for you today, what are your fears in following God completely? And what are the excuses that you're giving Him from stepping out in faith? My dear brothers and sisters, if Moses did not follow Him, follow God and obey, God could use someone else. And he would miss out on the grandest adventure of his life. But more than an adventure, he would miss out on the privilege of being acquainted and known for one title. That is the friend of God. He would have missed out on being called the friend of God. Of anyone in the Bible, he was the only one. And it all started with him Putting aside all of his excuses, putting aside all of his fears, and simply following God and saying, I will do what you say in spite of my fears, in spite of my insecurities, in spite of everything. I will follow you. So our message for today is simple. Turn excuses to faith-filled obedience. Let's run down again what were Moses' excuses. He says, I'm not adequate for the task. I don't know enough. People won't take me seriously. I'm not good with words, and I'm not willing. If you look at each and every one of them, they have a common theme, and that is, it all revolved around him. It all revolved around me, I'm, I, me, I'm, I'm, all of his excuses was referring to himself but every single answer that God gave was not to answer him but rather to tell him who God was you see Moses excuses was centered on himself God's response has always been his sufficiency in all his shortcomings God was saying I am sufficient In spite of all of your fears, in spite of all of your excuses. After all of Moses' excuses, he was reassured by God's presence, by God's sufficiency, by God's power, God's gifting, and finally, God's calling. Let me read that again. After all of Moses' excuses, he was reassured by God's presence, God's sufficiency, God's power. God's gifting and God's calling. And this, because we, when we ever God calls us, we not, need not look at ourselves because the very first thing that happens to us when God calls us is titignan natin yung sarili natin sa, sa mirror It sabihin nila, ako? Ako tatawagin ni God? Ako? E may sipon nga ako? Ako na ang daming mga bagay na ginawa in the past? Ako, na yung reputation ko, ko ang anong-anong ginagawa, God is saying yes, ikaw. Yes, tinatawag kita. Why? Because it's not about you. It will never be about you. It's about His calling and His purposes. And God is saying, if you are willing, and if you would take that first step, I will take you to places you have never imagined before. But I will not force it on you. But know that I will be there and I can make great things happen in and through you. You know, after a few verses, we go down and see Moses already in Egypt. And this is what happened. Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites. And Aaron told them everything that the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people. And they believed. My dear friends, this is what happened. And they believed. And when, her, and when they heard this, that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, what was their response? And they bowed down and worshipped. And they bowed down and worship. Every single fear Moses had was nothing compared to this moment. When finally he was standing back in Egypt after about 40 years. And together with Aaron, they were telling everything that God has said to them. And that God was concerned about them. Just imagine that a person that flew and uh, fled and really ran away and after 40 years comes back and says that God is concerned about you. God has not forgotten you. And his desire is to free you out of the slavery in Egypt and to give you a land that is flowing with milk and honey, a land you could call your own, and God could be your God. And their response was, belief. It was not questions. It was not, Sino ka? Sino nagpadala sayo? Their response was belief. Their response was, Wow, God is concerned about me. And after that, they bowed down and worshiped. They did not ask questions. They did not question Moses, instead, they worship God. You see, God is calling each of us to represent Him to this dying world. And as I ask the music team to come up, I want you to think about your own life. To think about your excuses and maybe God's calling for your life. You see, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. God is calling each and every one of us, myself and you, for a specific calling. And God speaks to us and tells us He wants us to do things on a daily basis. But sometimes our hearts are too callous or we have too many excuses. Or our fears get the best of us. The question, what do you do when it's not for you? The answer, have a faith-filled obedience. Why? Because when you trust God and you realize step by step, no matter how difficult it is, you would see his plans for you will always be good, will always be pleasing, meaning gustung, and will always be perfect. And there is nothing that can beat that. Not where you are right now, not where you hope to be. Because at the end of the day, God is your creator. And he knows what he has purposed for you. He has he knows what he has planned for you. He knows how to best use you. And all you have to do is obey. Take that first step. Say, Lord, I'm willing. Let me be used by you. Lord, help me to go out of my fear. Help me to go out of my excuses and simply follow you. Because your excuses may be legit, But there is something more legit that is God's presence, His adequacy, His gifting, and His calling, and His supremacy in your life. And that's why my challenge for you today is that you need to turn all of those excuses around and make them into faith-filled obedience. Obey God. I love the song that says, There is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. In my almost 20 years of being a Christian, I have tried to force things on my own. I have tried to just sit there, relax, and let the world go by. But believe me, there is no place I'd rather be than in the very center of God's will because in that place there is joy in that place there is peace it might not always be comfortable because it would require you to die to yourself every single day but it will be good it will be pleasing and it will be perfect And it all starts with one step of faith-filled obedience. And how can you do that? Remember, God's answer to Moses was always not about Moses. And God's answer to us will not always be about yourself, but about who He is and what He will do in and through You. As we close, can I ask everyone to just bow their heads. For the next few minutes, I just want you to talk to God. Ask Him to open up your hearts and speak to you. to give you an instruction, maybe something to do today, this week. Ask Him to give you courage to take that first step. Ask Him to assure you that He is there because He is, He will always be. That's His promise. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He loves you. Some of you right now are bitter towards God because... He's been silent. Or maybe because you know that what you want, God doesn't want for you. God is saying, trust me, I know better. In time, you will see. Soak in that silence. We have a few more minutes. Tell God you're through with making excuses. you're here this afternoon and you know that God is calling you to do something, but you've been hesitant, you've been making excuses, you've been delaying it, but today you're making a decision to take that first step of obedience. Whatever that calling is, whether it be to make up a friendship, to share the gospel to someone, to start the group, to start campus ministry, or maybe even go full-time, why don't you just stand up and declare to the Lord as an act of surrender, as an act of faith, why don't you just stand up You standing up will be the first step of you obeying to God's calling. And as you stand up, why don't you raise your hand as I pray for you? Lord Jesus, you see all these men and women of faith. And you are calling them to do something radical or maybe even something simple. And today, they make that commitment to follow you, to take that first step of obedience, to remove all of their excuses, and instead, turn it into faith-filled obedience. See their hearts, see their hands, and empower them and cause them, Father God, to truly act on this commitment. I pray, Lord God, that you would empower us and guide us and use us, Lord God, to truly make a difference in the different areas that you have called us to be. I pray that we would no longer be babbed down by fear or by excuses, but that we would trust you and that we would rely on You, and that we would throw our very selves in You, because You are a God that can be trusted. You are a God that can be hang on to. And today, we cling to You, we throw ourselves to You. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to stay connected with you. So make sure to subscribe to our podcast or connect with an Elevate group through our website.